Hello and welcome to the very last episode of the present for this very last episode. It is our closing season and I will return in the next few weeks. But in the meantime, I will continue with the bonus episodes, especially tailoring to entrepreneurs or up-and-coming entrepreneurs and business, as well as personal character and how that is integrated in basically everything that we do. So I have not yet decided what to call this last episode, but I will tell you that I feel that when we don't have clarity in our lives, it clouds everything, especially our vision of what we want to see in the future with respect to our successes, with respect to basically everyone and everything that matters to us the most. And I feel like when we have a lot of anger, resentment, hatred, which is a very strong word against anyone, it deters our happiness. So I feel. And when we concentrate on these negative emotions, it makes you sick physically, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually. So I think I have an idea of what I will call this podcast. It will be around the area of... I would say hatred, inward hatred amongst others, and how it is detrimental to our lives in all aspects. Now, I am going to give you a great example about this and how it can drastically affect your life. Now, let me tell you now, I am healing from this emotion in retrospect i would say that i am almost in the clear now the hatred per se that i have experienced is downright hatred that i've experienced in the workplace in my former workplace now before i begin I want to tell you that knowledge is power, yes, but what is really powerful about knowledge is how you utilize it. And let me tell you, I utilized this knowledge to the point 
where I received some sort of justice. And I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But first, and for those of you that know me very well, I am going to start this podcast with a quote that I absolutely love to do. I could listen and read and write even if I could (laughs) quotes every single day. Now, I was scrolling around the internet and I came across a very interesting quote that just dawned on me now and I feel like it is so relevant to what I will be discussing or rather talking about today. And the quote reads, I lost it. (laughs) Anything goes in this podcast. Anything goes in this podcast. Um, oh, too bad. I did, I did really, I really wanted to see if I could talk about it because it has everything to do with hatred. Okay, so now I will find something else. See, now, when we focus on what's supposed to happen, that's also a disaster, a recipe for disaster. For example, you're taking a trip to Europe and you realize that you want to do some changes. Well, that's fine because when you do changes like that, it makes the trip so much more interesting. In fact, there's a famous quote that says something along the lines of random trips are the best trips or random times are the most are are one of the best times in our lives. Something of that of that nature. Anyway, as I was saying, I am going to find a quote that inspires me to tell you. So let me just search right now for a quote. And I am searching. And I am searching for a quote. Let me see what I can find. This treasure of knowledge. Let me see. And I am scrolling for something that catches my eye. Hmm. This is very interesting. This is very interesting. And it, it really... I would say ties into what we are going to speak about. Again, for those that know, you are about to know what I'm about to say. I'm saying the word we. Who's here? Show yourself. Is someone here? That is definitely a deep dive topic. I would love to discuss maybe one day on a bonus episode. Anyway, here is the quote. And it is from 
billionaire mindset. And it reads as follows. A time will come in your life when some people will regret why they treated you wrong. Trust me, it will definitely come. I'm going to read that one more time. A time will come in your life when some people will regret why they treated you wrong. Trust me, it will definitely come. This quote resonates beyond what I'm about to tell you because I am going to share with you a story and then I'm going to search on the internet for some valuable resources and information and I would love to read that to you. So this example, it's recent actually, very recent. It was a former workplace and I, for the first time, experienced a toxic work environment. A manager who was not only racist, but discriminatory and a work bully. And a manipulative, I would say, corporate sociopath, they call them. Or corporate psychopath, one of the two. And they exist! Oh God, do they exist. Now I am a believer that they exist. I looked at life with rose-colored glasses. Now, in my opinion, rose-colored glasses, that means where you think, oh, life is grand and it's all in your mind. and People are mean and that's okay. People will treat me like crap. That's okay. Maybe they're having a bad... Oh, did I get punched in the face? Oh, you know, it's okay. No, I'm not ever going to say that. It's okay. But there are people out there that do that. And they end up being in abusive relationships. Husband and wife, you know. Even wife abusing the husband. The husband saying, oh, it's okay. It was a bad day. No. No and no. Nobody deserves to be treated that way. And let me tell you, if we continue being treated that way, okay, let's say, for example, you're successful. You have a great business. You feel, do you really feel successful when you're abused like that? I'm almost positive that the majority of the money that you would be making would be spent on psychotherapy, medications, oh God, lots of things that you could have been easily preventable. Now, I'm not condoning therapy. I feel everyone should go for therapy. I'm actually going to go back for therapy. Um, all types. Why not? Right? Alternative healing therapy, psychotherapy, CBT therapy. I'm going to try it out. It's always good. It's always good to speak to a professional, okay? Spiritual leader, spiritual therapy. I'm discovering that thing, those things. So I don't, I can't comment on that stuff, spiritual healing. But I'm getting there. It's interesting. Anyway, back to the story. So... For a good year and a half, I was bullied. I was lied to. I had things broken. My sunglasses, they would go into my desk. Yes. They, I would, uh, oh, performance review. For those that know, you get a performance review. I think it's, you get, you get an interim and you get the mid year and then the final. I'll never forget these words from the manager saying as follows. 
when I asked, so when I asked the manager, I said, you know, you, you mentioned that I was uh, improving and yet it's not on, on here. And so, you know what the manager was response to was that, I, you know, I'm so looking back, I'm feeling the hatred again to the point where I cannot even make sense of words. I can't even, you see, when you have feelings of rage and anger, you can't even function properly. So yeah, anyway, <laughs> let me go back. So when I asked why, when I was improving, why it was not being put down, the response of this manager was as follows. Oh, well, there was no room on the page. Hmm. And then she gives a psychotic smile. Anyway, my gut was telling me that something was not right. I found out later, I found out that she was doing this to everybody. There was a high turnaround rate. So if you ever apply for a position and you're noticing there's a high turnover rate, that is a red flag. I'm taking a deep breath right now. <laughs> and that is why I feel meditation is important because we're constantly being fed negative thoughts on a daily and it helps us. That's, I'm going to talk a bit about meditation today, but mostly how to deal with bullies in the workplace. And that actually, what is I'm, what it, yes, I'm going to deal, I'm going to talk about that. That is the topic, how to deal with workplace bullies. So I realized that she was doing this with everybody. And so I filed a grievance against her. And what do you know? There were other people that filed a grievance against her. Yes. And now it's documented. So, what I'm trying to tell you is, if you feel something's wrong, go to HR. Unfortunately, with my case, the manager and the HR were best friends. Corruption. Yes. Corruption. And so... Even though they were friends, that was a great challenge for me. I ended up filing a grievance. And guess what else? There was even more corruption. But at the end of the day, it worked in my favor. Because A, I stood my ground. B, I became knowledgeable about the laws of, of employment law and uh, unacceptable and acceptable behavior. But what really helped me, and I want you to listen very carefully, especially if you're going through this right now, I want you to document everything. I did mention this previously before, but I am making this a, a episode. This is an episode of workplace bullying that I don't think I did. And if I did, What's wrong with doing another? I want you to document. So every time you go into a meeting, the first thing you have in your hand is a pen and a paper. And I want you to be silent. Listen, okay? Even though you wrote it down, I want you to turn that into an email. And then say, you know, good afternoon. This is to reiterate our meeting for today. And then that. 
Yes, you can document personally, privately, but it's best to write it in an email because not only is that being documented, but you have it in an email. Smart, isn't it? Because now there's no denying it because if your manager was to deny everything, your manager would have replied from that email and said to you, actually, no, that's not what transpired, right? Because of what, and, and, and another thing too is when I was writing these emails and documenting, I even took snapshots of mistakes because I had a team lead who was best friends with management. So imagine, imagine what I was going through. So I ended up catching mistakes from the team lead and I documented that just in case. And I said, hey, listen, I'm being reprimanded for this, this, and this, yet your team lead is telling me to do it and your team lead is doing it. Here's the proof. Here is the proof in my mind. I'm like, here's the proof, right? Anyway, <laughs> I'm getting so riled up, but it's good because I'm getting it out of my system. Maybe that's not good, but I have to meditate. I have not meditated. I feel it. I feel the, the withdrawals. So I have not meditated in, in, uh, in, a, in a couple of days. So I will do that tonight. So document in an email and copy yourself. Always copy yourself. And if you have an opportunity, create a folder and print it out and put it in that folder. You can call that folder whatever you like, but I personally, I would call it like the letter C, the letter Y, and the letter A. <laughs> and as I said before, <laughs> It stands for cover your ass. I don't know who and why it was called that way or who did it, but that's what it's called. And every email, this is another thing I want you to listen very carefully. Every email that you do, I want you to write it very professionally as if you're writing to a judge. Check your spelling, check the sentences. Very, do you understand? And do, do you know why I'm telling you to write as if you're going to a court? Because guess what? If today or tomorrow you do what I did, filing a grievance, filing a complaint, what have you, that is a piece of evidence that they, the people, the legal, the counsel, the judges, your 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 representative will be looking at and that will not only deter corruption if there is any within the system during that time but it's going to save yourself in the future and you have because let me tell you now it is incredibly difficult to prove workplace bullying and i knew that i knew that coming in i was lucky because i took legal courses on this, employment law, and it is extremely hard. And this is a great way, a great way to capture evidence. So please, always document from meetings, from even document incidences, and for the love of God, lock your stuff, 
Lock everything. Do not, even if you are going to the restroom, do not leave your phone out. Do not leave your, you know, if you listen to music, your earbuds, my earbuds got stolen. Listen, they, they were stolen. Lock everything. I did not trust anyone. I even locked my jacket and my purse, everything. So, but I will tell you, had I not done anything, I would have been so enraged. But I will tell you this. I will tell you this, okay? Not a word of a lie. But I started praying more. I started feeling like talking to the universe. I, I never really did. I was like, you know, my parents, they're into this priest. You know, rest in peace. His name is Padre, Padre Pio, okay? So for those of you that know about Padre Pio, I'm still learning about him. Really interesting uh, background about him. He used to be an actor, really good looking, a uh, really great guy, you know, went into, I think he went to politics, and then he became a priest. So um, I prayed to him. I prayed to God. I was researching about all the archangels. I, I learned about Michael. Michael is a warrior. He's a, for those that believe in angels, he is a warrior, like a military angel. He fights evil. I bought a cool picture. It's like a metal picture of Michael with a sword and his foot is stepping on, I guess it's the devil. He's dressed in red. He's really muscular, this devil, and his sword is, is about to like go right through his head and his foot's on his head and I look at him every day I look at the picture and I get inspiration so uh let me tell you something that happened I caught a mistake that was a setup I caught a mistake and I feel that this mistake that I caught was not only a setup for me, but I feel like something spiritual happened as if I was meant to look at this mistake. I didn't even know. I just said to myself, you know, I just said to myself, literally, I said, God, please help me. Um, I feel like this is a mistake. I'm going to go check it. And I felt like I was meant to, you know, I don't know what it is. Sometimes it's like you're, you're compelled to just check something. And I never checked it. And guess what? It was a drastic error. Yes. And I also included that in my grievance. So what I am trying to tell you is stand your ground and speak up if something's not right. And now I'm starting to believe in something spiritual because like some things are just so not unexplained, unexplained. I'll give you an example. I'm, I'm going off topic here, but I'll come back to it. Uh, right after my father passed away in, I believe, 2015. Oh, God, I hope it's 2015 or is it 2016? <laughs> I feel like he's not dead, but that's another story. But when he passed... I started seeing signs. And when I mean signs, this is funny. I actually saw a sign, like a, 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 a car sign, like a driver's license plate sign. That's the sign I saw. And it had, it had half of, of, the, uh, of his license plate on his former car, which was Chow, 
so Italian, right? <laughs> so I'm like, I it had to be him saying hello. And then I had a dream. So, you know, I'm starting to learn about, you know, subconscious, conscious, conscious mind and uh, shadow. And I don't know, I'm still looking into it. I'm searching some spiritual leaders, uh, one that's doing, you know, uh, connections and synchronization and completion and such. So once I really delve into it and if I feel that it's beneficial, I would love to share it with you. But for this time, let's go back to hatred. Hatred. <laughs> so it's like I'm the devil, aren't I? So back to the hatred that we have. It's like it irks in you. Long story short, can you believe that from this grievance, because they were trying to hide it from everyone, but I made sure that everyone knew, meaning that it went into the right hands during this process. Because you can't hide for long. You as in the workplace bully cannot hide for very long. And would you believe that the whole organization had to take a mandatory harassment course. And let me tell you also, work was being hidden and now management was forced to write everything down of our work duties. So imagine working in a place where you're told to do A, B, and C, but there's also D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. They never ever tell you, ever. And then they tell you, you know, you're making a lot of mistakes, but you're, but in your defense, you're saying, well, I didn't know about it. And then you get reprimanded. I don't know if that's beyond evil, but that's just sickening. And I caught her after, I don't know, over 10 years of doing that. And I found out there were so many people leaving for no reason. She would be firing people unfairly. No reason at all. That's a sick, sick, sick mind. So, remember to always document, document, document. And be careful who you speak to in the workplace. Even if it's someone you trust. Keep it private. Keep it private because you never know. And on that note, I am going to find an article relating to workplace bullying because it seems to be the norm, but not in my world and hopefully not in yours. So let me just check now what I can find for this. So I am going to type in workplace bullying. And unfortunately, it's, it's, it's rampant. So unless you speak up for yourself, it will continue. And let me tell you, when you speak up for yourself, they will disembark. They will stop. And don't be afraid to report it. So bullying in the workplace. Ooh, I have a, there's a Canadian site. Welcome, everybody. For those that are new, I am from Toronto, Canada. Hello, welcome to fall which means I was supposed to end this work, uh, work. <laughs> I was supposed to end this podcast before, but I didn't want to, but I have to. 
but I will do some bonus episodes and you will hear me again in the next few weeks or so. So let me just see what I can find. Oh wow, I found a lot of things. Let me just see if I can find some things outside of Canada. Because apparently I do have a lot of callers from around the world. So welcome, welcome to Canada. I just returned from a beautiful trip uh, from Alberta. I think I mentioned it. Beautiful and beautiful Kelowna. So check out Okanagan. Check out the wine tours. Ah, I really like this. This is actually... Hmm. Oh, wow. There are so many articles. I don't know if that's good or bad. Hmm. Let's me find... One that I can find something recent. Hmm. Bullying in the workplace. Examples and what you can do. Okay. Hmm. I like this one. This is from themuse.com. I will I will definitely, most definitely post this. I'll probably post a couple if I if I see more that I that really catches my eye. So this one is called Your Complete Guide to Dealing with Workplace Bullies. So it is called Don't Let Workplace Bullies Win. Here is how to spot them and stop them. And it reads as follows. Goodbye, playground bully. See you never. High school mean girls. Hello, workplace bully. Oh, no. Unfortunately, bullying is not one of those things that you can put behind when you become an adult. Like awkward yearbook photos and braces. Offices can have bullies, too. In fact, they are more common than you might think. Think. In a national survey, the Workplace Bullying Institute found that 19% of adults said they'd personally have been bullied at work, while another 19% said that they'd seen it happen to someone else. It comes just like sexual harassment, uninvited, undeserved, unwarranted, says Gary Namey, a social psychologist and co-founder and director of WBI. He and his wife, Ruth Namey, a clinical psychologist, founded WBI after her experience being bullied by a colleague at a psychiatric clinic. Yes, that's right. The bully was another mental health professional. Being bullied at work can harm both your mental and your physical health with potential effects including major stress, anxiety, depression, trauma, high blood pressure, gastrointestinal issues, and more. It really is very damaging. It creates a place where you're just always afraid and you cannot be yourself, says Catherine Matisse Zendel. CEO of Civility Partners, who specializes in resolving toxic work environments and coaching people 
who bully. People are angry and confused and they are concerned about their job all day, every day. Is today the day that I'm going to be fired? She adds. That is just no way to live. We are breaking down what workplace bullying actually is, what it looks like, and how you can deal with it because your well-being comes first. Workplace bullying defined. According to the WBI, bullying is repeated health-harming mistreatment of one or more persons by one or more perpetrators. The abusive conduct, including verbal abuse, is intimidating, threatening, or humiliating to the target. It can and often does interfere with the target's ability to get their work done. Zundel emphasizes that workplace bullying goes far beyond a minor disruption or small annoyance. Rather, as it's quoted, it creates a psychological power imbalance between the person doing the bullying and their target or targets to a point where that person at the receiving end develops a feeling of helplessness. And unfortunately, unlike harassment, bullying is not illegal. I'm going to stop for a moment. I want to read that sentence one more time. And unfortunately, unlike harassment, bullying is not illegal. What is the difference? Harassment, including the kind where someone or someone's create or some people create a hostile work environment hinges on being mistreated based on a protected class such as sex, race, religion, or national origin. If the bad behavior is unrelated to one of those, it might be toxic and soul-crushing, but it's not against the law. The four types of workplace bullying, or rather, the four types of workplace bullies. The majority of workplace bullies are bosses, according to WBI survey. But that also means that more than a third are not managers, but rather peers or even lower level employees. In short, bullying can come from any direction in the org chart and it can take different forms. Here are four kinds of bullies you might encounter and the behaviors they display. And keep in mind that one bully could adopt multiple tactics. Number one, the screaming Mimi, (laughs) M-I-M-I, bracket, think aggressive communication, bracket. When you imagine a bully, what comes to mind? If it's a stereotypical yelling, cursing, angry meanie, 
then you are thinking of what Naimi calls the screaming Mimi. This type of bully tends to make a public scene and instill fear not only in their target, but also in all their coworkers who might understandably be terrified of speaking up for fear of becoming the next target. Aggressive communication can include not only yelling, sending angry emails and other forms of hostility, but also using aggressive body language. One client Zundel worked with, for example, would often assume a kind of power in staff meetings, putting his feet up on the table and leaning back before launching into long tirades about why someone's idea wouldn't work. Number two, the constant critic. Bracket, think, disparagement, and humiliation. Bracket. When Lane got a job, at a nonprofit with a mission she really believed in, she thought it would be a great gig. But then her boss, who was often traveling, started criticizing from afar every little thing she did to the point that disparaging emails were pretty much the only kind of communication she received from him. Not only did he chastise her regularly when she made a mistake or when he arbitrarily decided she had failed, but he also made sure that she never took credit for any of her successes. She started working longer and longer hours. The, but, but the harder I worked, the worse it was according to him, she said. Everything I did was wrong. He told her that every team is just as good as its weakest link and you are the weakest link. For a long time, she believed him. Naomi refers to this kind of bully as the constant critic. They may not yell at you to your face or in front of other people, but they will disparage you so regularly that you begin to doubt your abilities and wear you down so much that the quality of your work might objectively suffer. Lane, for example became so petrified of what the next email would say that she stopped checking and her performance went downhill in other ways. And then ultimately, she was fired. The bully might humiliate you one-on-one -on -one or in public by pointing out your mistakes, taking credit for your work, leaving you out of things, socially isolating you, or even playing jokes on you says Zendel. Number three, the gatekeeper. Bracket. Think, manipulation, and withholding of resources. I'm going to stop right there. I really relate to this one. I, I haven't read this yet, but just the title, I can relate to the title. As I mentioned before, resources were taken away from me or not even told. Let's continue with this one. This is a really helpful, uh, really helpful article. I'm actually going to bookmark this okay let's continue the gatekeeper one of the most frustrating aspects of lane's experience was that her boss routinely criticized her for doing things wrong or differently when he never gave her instructions in the first place in some cases 
He got angry that she had not performed tasks that he had never told her to tackle. Some bullies manipulate their targets and withhold resources, whether that is instructions, information, time, or help from others, setting you up to fail. They might only tell you about three steps of processes, or three steps of process, when there are actually five, Zundel says, or pile so much work on you that there is no reasonable way for you to complete it by the deadline. They might give you a poor performance review when your work is not actually poor or punish you for being one minute late to a meeting when others who are tardy do not face any repercussions. The gatekeeper can also be a peer or subordinate if they quote unquote forget to invite you to an important call or pass on pertinent details that will prevent you from doing your job. Number four, the two-headed snake. (laughs) Bracket, think behind the scenes meddling. One of the most difficult kinds of bullies to detect and therefore deal with is the one who pretends to be your friend and champion while undermining you behind your back. They are controlling your reputation with others. They are tearing you to shreds, calling you unreliable, unskilled, unthis, unthat, unthis, whatever. Whereas to your face, they are your friends. You might eventually find out if someone breaks rank and tips you off but often the bully will ask people to keep their remarks confidential it goes without saying that it is hard to combat something that you don't even know is happening next title is why workplace bullies get away with it Bullies are often high performers. They might be a top salesperson who brings in huge deals worth millions or a brilliant engineer who's always coming up with efficient solutions or a marketer who managed to double a site's traffic. Whatever it is, they are bringing value to the company, which means the company has an incentive to keep them on board and happy. Some bullies also work to integrate I'm sorry, some bullies also work to ingratiate themselves to their superiors and perhaps their peers too, even as they abuse one or more of the folks they oversee or work with. Put all that together and instead of being held accountable for their bullying behavior, they might be getting rewarded with praise, raises or promotions. And you might be all the more intimidated by the prospect of casting a shadow on such a star. I'm actually going to stop for a moment. There's a quote, a quote from the author, and it reads as follows. Without the work environment giving the green light, providing the license to unbridled mistreatment, 
bullying would not happen. Okay, so I'm going to continue here. Uh, it's pretty long, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna read everything, and if it takes me at ten hours, then you know what? So be it. This is the last episode. I want us to count. I don't want you to be bullied in the workplace. I want you to be confident, stand your ground, document everything, and show your confidence that you are not going to take this. Okay? <laughs> All right, seven ways to deal with your workplace bully. Figuring out how to deal with bullying can be overwhelming. So we asked the experts what you can do to help yourself. Number one, speak up early on. The good news is that you have a window of opportunity to nip things in the bud before you become the long-term target of a workplace bully. One of the best things that you can do for yourself is the minute somebody mistreats you, that you speak up in the moment right then and squash it because everybody likes the path of least resistance, right? So Zendel, the author, she suggests a few options. The first option she offers is call attention to their values. Try this, bracket, try this. So she wants you, I'm going to stop for a moment. Here is a phrase, um, to call their attention. So this is what the phrase says. I know that you really care about everyone feeling valued. And when you do X, it undermines that intention. Maybe we could try Y in the future. And then the second option she says is to explain why it is a problem. So here's, here's another thing. Try this. I notice you X, when you do that, it makes it hard for you to foster a team environment. And then she also offers another option, and, it, and she wants you to try this. And it says, for example, try this. Um, say their name a lot. So let's say the work police, workplace bully's name is, uh, let's see, Jim. In the article, it says Jim. So let's try. So try this, for example. Jim, I hear what you're saying, but Jim, I need you to stop doing X. I treat you with respect, Jim, and I need you to do the same. I'm actually going to try that when I, when, uh, if I, if I experience that, I'm, I'm, I really like this article. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bookmark this forever. <laughs> so let's continue. And don't forget your body language. Stand up tall, arms at your side, nose up. If you are feeling nervous about standing up, it will show through with arms. It will show through that with arms folded, shoulders hunched, and looking down. The bad news is if you brush off bullying and you let it continue in its early stages, it will only get worse. A lot of times people let it go and let it go and let it go and let it go. And by the time they realize that they're being bullied, it might be too late. Once that power imbalance has been cemented, it can be virtually impossible for the target to fix. In other words, if you muster the courage to speak up after months of being bullied, the abuse is not just unlikely to stop, 
it may even intensify. So if you are that far down the path, you might be better off taking a different approach. Number two, and I love number two. So the first one was speak up early on. So now let's go for number two. I like number two, and you'll see why. Number two, document the abuse and your, and your performance. If it took you a while to realize the full severity of what was happening to you, and you feel like you have missed your chance to react quickly... Start documenting. Keep a journal of the who, what, when, where, why of things that happen, says Zundel. If you are in a staff meeting and the bullying occurs, then go back to your desk and write down who else was in the staff meeting, what was said, why was it said, and try to... Just put in as much detail as you can around the facts of the situation. If you decide to report the bully later, you will want to be able to give concrete examples of the behaviors that you're describing. In addition, start filing away any emails or other evidence to back up your side of the story. For example... If your boss is criticizing your performance, collect documentation that demonstrates quantifiable results of projects you're working on, as well as any praise-filled emails you have gotten from other stakeholders. Number three, take care of yourself outside of work. Bullying can take a huge toll on you in the office and outside of it, but it can help to try to balance the damaging influences with positive ones. If you can, join some things happening outside of work that would make you feel good about yourself. For example, join a softball team or do yoga. I'm going to stop right now. I'm going to add in meditation. <laughs> okay, let's continue. Well, yoga has med. I'd like to discover yoga too. Let's see that. Do yoga or any of those things that make you happy. Spend time with your friends and family and lean on them for support. Though, be aware that venting constantly about your work and your work woes could actually strain your relationships. So be careful with that. Consider seeking professional help from a therapist or counselor too. I'm going to stop right now. I received a lot of therapy, a lot of uh, psychotherapy during this time. Let me tell you, it helped incredibly. Incredibly. It made me see because when you are full of anger and hurt, you don't see clearly. You really don't. And it's good to go to someone professional because they can help you see clarity if that even makes sense and they're knowledgeable in that subject so don't be afraid don't feel embarrassed and anyway if you don't want to tell anyone it's no one's business what you do in your life just say it's personal oh what are you doing this weekend i'm just doing some uh, errands some personal stuff oh what kind of personal stuff and just say 
I just told you, personal stuff. So there are some nosy people out there. No. <laughs> no. Some people you don't say things to. And just keep it to yourself, really. <clears throat> okay, that's just my opinion. So let me continue. Yes. Okay, so consider seeking professional help from a therapist or counselor, too. Naomi suggests, she suggests, rather, trying to find someone who understands trauma. So you, you, you can simply call and you can ask, Hi, do you have skilled practitioners in trauma-informed counseling? Or you can say, Hello, do you practice trauma-informed counseling? If the answer is no, or what is that, then I think you should call someone else. Number four, do your research. Does your company have a policy about bullying, mistreatment, verbal abuse, or anything similar that you might be able to reference? Since bullying is not illegal, many companies do not have a formal policy against it, but it is worth your time to check your employee handbook or any other document that lays out the organization's values and expectations. It can only strengthen your case if you are able to point to that language if you decide to make a complaint. At the same time, consider seeking legal advice to confirm whether or not your situation might qualify as harassment or otherwise offer some sort of legal recourse. Naomi recommends renting or rather getting an employment attorney uh, Attorney, that's a U.S. term, so I'm just going to stop for a moment. Uh, getting uh, a lawyer, a counsel, right? Employment lawyer. And discrimination cases for half an hour or an hour. And telling a concise version of your story to get a sense of what your options are. Some lawyers will do free consultations, but others might charge an hourly fee that might be as low as 75 or as high as hundreds of dollars. Hmm. Number five, talk to your manager or someone else if your boss is the bully. If you've made some attempts to deal with the situation and have not gotten anywhere, Zundel recommends speaking to your manager. Assuming that they are not the bully, of course. So you can say something like, Hi, here's what's going on. I've tried these three things. None of them worked, and that's why I'm here in your office, she recommends. And that's a much better conversation than saying, quote-unquote, this person is bullying me. Can you help me? So, if your boss is the problem, think about whether you trust one of their peer managers or someone above them, enough to seek their advice. The key here is to assess your specific situation and try to gauge the relationships within your company. It probably would not be wise, for example, to go to the person who hired your bully or worked with them at a previous job. And you definitely would not turn to their work BFF, best friends, or someone who is related to them in the case of a family company. 
Because if you do and it gets back to the bully, it could make things even worse. Number six, talk to HR or someone in power. Before you make any moves to talk to HR or someone in the C-suite, you'll want to do a few things. I'm going to stop for a moment. With my situation, management and HR were best friends. So really do your research and find out if that's even feasible. So let me continue. The decision of whether or not to go to HR comes down to what type of HR person you are dealing with. One type of HR person is really focused on compliance and the rules and the other type of HR person is focused on culture and people. You might have trouble with the former, but if you think you have the latter, they do not need a corporate policy to help you. Second, Think about how you can make a business case rather than a personal plea, no matter who you decide to approach. Literally calculating the cost of the bully to the company in terms of turnover, absenteeism, lost productivity, and more. So I'm going to stop for a moment. Um, The author is mentioning that there's a step-by-step guide within the article so there are links within links within the article and um yeah so if you want to take a look at that there is a step-by-step guide here on approaching hr so let me continue your documentation can also help at this stage because you will be able to cite specific examples of time wasted and resources lost Finally, think about what it is that you want. Is it that you just want them to know or is it that you want their help? Is it that you want this person transferred? What do you need from HR? So again, the author is providing a worksheet to help you prepare. And she has a a book entitled Back Off, (laughs) Your Kick-Ass Guide to Ending Bullying at Work. And there's a link for that in this article. So let me continue, which I will post. So let me continue. If the answer is that you will leave, that's okay. Ultimately, your dignity and self-respect and psychological well-being is so much more important than the paycheck you get. And lastly, just look for a new job. Because the reality is most bullying situations end in the target leaving the job. Or... Yeah, whether leaving their job. I'm going to continue here. Whether because they got fed up or quit or they ended up getting fired, sometimes because their performance suffered so much under the stress of long-term abuse. So it is in your best interest to start job searching as soon as you can, especially your company, if it doesn't have a policy or a culture that you trust to squash uh, bullying swiftly and forcefully. Even if you do pursue some of your other options before you actually decide to leave, speaking to HR, for example, it can help to have an offer or at least prospects lined up in case things go awry. What to do 
if you see someone else being bullied. You don't have to be the bully or the target to be entangled in bullying. If you see it, you know it's happening and you don't do anything, you are giving permission for this person to act that way with your silence. If you feel comfortable speaking up in the moment, do it. And the author, suge- the author of this article is actually giving a good suggestion saying something like, saying something like, for example, hey, what's going on? Let's not talk to each other that way. In her bystander training, Zandel also teaches people to quote unquote, state the problem, state the consequences and offer a solution. Quote. So for example, if someone is yelling in a meeting, you could say something like, for example, hey, I noticed that you're yelling. When you raise your voice, it makes it hard for the meetings to be feel collaborative and it shuts ideas down. Maybe moving forward, we can all agree to keep our voices down so that we can get through the brainstorming process. So doing that, for example, doing that in front of everyone simultaneously makes it safer for you to speak up and it empowers others to follow your example. And I'm going to stop right there. That's great leadership right there. They're going to follow your example. You are of integrity. That's beautiful. <laughs> okay, so let me, let me uh, continue here. You can also quietly, without turning it into a raging gossip parade, ask your other colleagues if they have noticed something and agreed to join forces. That might mean you all, have, you all would commit to calling out bullying behavior in the moment whenever it happens or take turns going to HR to share your concerns. If the bullying, or rather, if the bully is a peer manager or a subordinate, you can take them aside and you can try to talk some sense into them, she says. And this type of informal coaching is more effective than a formal complaint. Still, it can be hard to convince a bully to stop if the company has no policy against such behavior. So, I'm almost done here. (laughs) And the last title is as follows. How to avoid a bully in future jobs. The last thing you want to do is finally escape a bully, only to encounter another one at your next job. To that end, Zandel recommends asking a few types of questions during your future interview processes that will help you assess whether your future boss has a history of bullying and whether the company's culture would tolerate any bullying if it were to arise. So here are, here are uh, the author is, is, has put down a few questions for when you get a job interview and to assess, wow, this is brilliant. Okay, so there are four, and let's go for the first one. Here's the first, uh, first one. What's the manager that I would be reporting to like? Ask during your phone screen if it's with someone other than your prospective boss. If the response is, oh, 
my gosh, they're wonderful. Everybody loves them. That, then that should be a reassuring sign. But if you sense some hesitation and then get something like, well, you know, he's good. People like him. He's been here a long time. Then it might be a red flag. Second question. What is your strategic plan around company culture? How do you manage the organization's culture? If they have nothing to say in response to tell you about active steps that they take to foster their culture, it might not be a great sign. Next questions. How do you live your core values? Uh, How do they show up in the work here? Do you talk about them on a regular basis? Now, if they cannot talk much about these, or even worse, do not really know what the core values are, again, not a great sign. Last questions. Uh, Who are the corporate heroes here? Who are the stellar people and why are they the stellar people? I'm going to stop for a moment. These questions, I'm not going to ask all of them. Just assess what, excuse me, just assess what you feel is important to you. I I don't know if I would ask, I mean, it would depend on the, on the position. So, so here is the answer. These questions get to the heart of what drives the company. Try to get a sense for who is celebrated and why. Is that the kind of place that you would want to be in? So in conclusion, your days at the office should not be filled with aggressive communication, humiliation, and manipulation. If they are, remember first that it is not your fault. And then take whatever steps you can to take care of yourself and put that bully in the past once and for all. What a beautiful article. I really like that. That has, I especially, as you know, I love the documentation. Uh, I like the, the meeting part where it's addressed in front of everyone. Things of that nature. So see what you like. Take, take some points. Take all the points. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. And... And at the end of the day, you'll feel confident. So outside of workplace, it's even if you're not being bullied, it's always good to do something different outside of your workplace. So develop a skill, a hobby. And that's what I did. I, 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 I did hobbies. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a workshop junkie. I love taking seminars, workshops. I did that. I did a lot of that. It really helps. Really, really helped. Uh, I took workshops on confidence. I took workshops on bullies. I took... Uh, things that I loved, electronic music production. Sometimes, you know, things happen in divine order. And I'm starting to believe that. And let me tell let me tell you, if it wasn't for my workplace, toxic workplace, I would never have considered opening a business. Never. In fact, I just launched one of them. It's a notary public business. And I got my very first client, which is a a lawyer friend of mine. And uh, she's going to pay me by uh, going for lunch. (laughs) So, so, So that's what I wanted to share with you. So, you know, 
it'll cause you to be sick in all aspects. And you are more powerful than you think. Just remember that. You are more powerful than you think. (sighs) I don't want to say this last sentence, but I have to. On that note, I am going to leave you with one last quote of the season. (laughs) Bittersweet, bittersweet. So let me go here. But again, as I said before, I will be back on for bonus episodes next week. So check that out. It will be a lot. It will have a lot to do with entrepreneurial things and such. So I am going to scroll now for one last quote and I am scrolling and I am scrolling let me see what I can find for you Ah, I found the quote that I wanted to share with you. This quote is actually from a, a, I believe she's a spiritual educator. Uh, I just learned about her. Her name is Teal Swan. And her quote reads as follows. Now, before I read this quote, I feel that It could relate because when you are when you're bullying when you are being bullied in the workplace, in my opinion, you start to feel that you're not worthy. And then you start to hate yourself. And then you start to believe that you're not a good person, you're not a worthy person, and it's just a terrible thing. Terrible thing. So let's see. I feel that this could actually relate to the topic that I was talking to you about today and it reads as follows many of you may be taken aback when i tell you that self-hate is a spiritual gift but it is self-hate is a spiritual gift because self-hate is the most worthy and formidable opponent you will ever meet. And it is none other than your most worthy and formidable opponent that forces you to be the best that you are. That's a little bit deep for me, so I don't really understand it too well. But I'm going to read it again. But I feel, I feel that we have love for ourselves and we have hate for ourselves. So maybe this means that that we have an opponent. So maybe this could mean that uh, hate for the bully turns inward to self-hate. But then we realize that the self-hate is from the bully and then we stand up to ourselves through love and confidence and we knock the bully down through what's called um homeo uh, like it's 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 like a it's it's like this alternative health that i learned about called homeopathic medicine where 
you treat like with like. I don't know. I don't know. This is, I don't know about this one. But I'll read it again. Many of you may be taken aback when I tell you that self-hate is a spiritual gift. But it is. Self-hate is a spiritual gift because self-hate is the most worthy and formidable opponent that you will ever meet. And it is none other than your most worthy and formidable opponent that forces you to be the best that you are. That's beautiful. If I understand it correctly, (laughs) it's beautiful if I understand it correctly. Ooh, oh my God. Okay, I know that, okay, I have to read this quote to you. This person is I, oh my gosh, this is so mind-blowing right now. I feel like this just happened in divine order. Before I read this quote, a famous philosopher, and hey, I, I, wow. I was, I was actually talking about this person. He has a book called, uh, oh gosh, what is it called? I was meaning, I was actually meaning to meditations, of something jeez oh, i need to find out anyway this is a quote from marcus aurelius and let me just read the quote the nearer a man comes to a calm mind the closer he is to strength i'm going to read that again and that's from wise sages the nearer a man comes to a calm mind the closer he is to strength so basically Calmness is a superpower. So calm, staying calm, cool, and collected. Let me give you an example. The grievance that I went for, oh, I was so calm and cool, collected. I was, even after everything, even emailing my manager, I would say, good afternoon, I hope you're doing well. And you know what was really hard for me? To wish her well. I hated her. But hate is such a strong thing. You have to let go of hate in order for you to grow and succeed. And you'll become sick. And they're going to win. The bully's going to win. Why are you Why are you focusing all your attention on the bully? That's what they want. So, wish them well. Now, I am... This just piqued my curiosity. I have always forgot, but I want to get this book. One second, Meditations. Now, this book, it's called... Ah, I just had it. (laughs) Why? Why? Okay, that's okay. That's okay. Let me see if I can find this book. So... This book is called, I believe it's called, I guess it's just called Meditations. Yeah. It's called The Meditations of, I can't read this. Uh, Okay. So Marcus Aurelius, he wrote 12 books of the meditations in Greek, Koine Greek it's called. And it, it's a source for his own guidance and self-improvement. And he's known as a Stoic. So I'm learning about Stoicism. And for those of you who don't really know what 
Stoicism is. Stoicism, according to uh, uh, the meaning of it, and I got this from minimalism.co. I'm actually gonna, I'm actually going to post this too. I would love to go to Rome and just find out his life because he was a philosopher in I think I don't know if it was AD, but anyway, um, so let me just quickly. Okay, so according to the Oxford Dictionary, the definition of stoicism is quote unquote the endurance of pain or hardship without the display of feelings and without complaint. I'm going to actually read this. But what exactly was the definition derived from? It is useful to understand the history of Stoicism because how we tend to use it colloquially is a bit different from its original meaning. Stoicism is the name of an ancient Greek philosophy that was founded during what is called the Hellenistic period. This is a period of Mediterranean history that spans from 323 BCE, which stands for, uh, which was after the death of Alexander the Great, to 31 BCE, which marked the decline of Greece from its peak and the emergence of the Roman Empire as a superpower. And according to the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, the term Stoic was derived from the word porch as members of the school of thought would congregate on the steps of the Agora at Athens where lectures were held. So at the heart of the Stoic way of living is the ongoing process of developing self-control, exercising clear judgment, and overcoming destructive emotions. So I'm going to stop right there. I feel like these three things that I just mentioned, developing self-control, right? If you're being bullied, always have self-control because you are the winner. Once you lose it and you yell, you've lost. You're, you've stumped to their level. The second one of the stoicism way of living is exercising clear judgment. You don't want anything to cloud your judgment. When you are in a rage, a fury, any type of you're temperamental, angry, it doesn't it, uh, you don't get clear judgment. And the third one is overcoming destructive emotions. So I tell you, I had such destruction of emotions. I, I was thinking of, you know, things I wanted to do to my manager, <laughs> you know, like kick her, whatever. But, you know, that's destructive. That's really destructive. It's you're, you're, you're fueling hate and that's not a good thing. Oh, here we go. Look, at, I'm, I am actually going to post this. So the following five principles that provide a roadmap to following the Stoic philosophy. Number one, manage your expectations and judgments. Number two, be realistic about what you have the power to change. Number three, understand the meaning of equanimity and practice it. One second. I don't know what that means. <laughs> equanimity. I'm going to look that up right now. Equanimity. It's spelled E-Q-U-A-N-I-M-I-T-Y. I, I swear to you, I've never heard of this word. <laughs> so, equanimity. It's defined as follows. Mental 
calmness, composure, and evenness of temper, especially in a difficult situation. So here's an example. She accepted both the good and the bad with equanimity. Interesting. Let's go back to the article. So number three, understand the meaning of equanimity and practice it. Number four, call out your emotions for exactly what they are. And lastly, number five, live in harmony with nature, particularly human nature. Very interesting. So, wow, there it's and then it and then it actually explains it more. So, I really hope that when you have a an opportunity to really uh educate yourself on stoicism, it's very interesting how it was it was everything was thought about during this time, during the times of the of the Greek and Roman era. And on that note, I hope you enjoyed this pod. Uh, excuse me. I hope you enjoyed this podcast today, uh, with dealing with workplace bullying, and that if you are currently experiencing it, you know there are there are there are avenues to rectify it and speak up, and please, whatever you do, do not contemplate suicide. Please do not ever. Again, you'll make them win, and is it really worth taking your life? You have so much to live for. So much to live for. And on that note, I hope that you have a wonderful evening on this beautiful Friday night, a beautiful afternoon, and a good morning. <laughs>